Well, it is Sunday. Well, for some it's Palm Sunday. For for me it's Sunday. And as I'm on my way to work, it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I do this show nightly. If you've been a follower for four years, great. If you're just joining me, welcome. I like to have a safe space for my listeners because there's a lot of crazy things out there. A friend of mine once said, give your audience a promise. And so tonight I'm giving you all a promise, an entertaining show, an inclusive show where everyone is welcome, everyone is loved, and at the same time everyone else gets the joke. And that's the thing I wanted to say was, is that I love comedians. Comedians, that's that's part of their shtick, is to push the envelope. If you can't take the joke, then get out of the building. Okay? Remove yourself. And yes, there are people throughout history who didn't get the joke. One very famous in particular was Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters stated she didn't like being called Bawawawa. It wasn't until her she saw her daughter, Jackie, laughing at the SNL sketch done very famously by Gilda Radner. And Barbara's reaction and Jackie's reaction was, oh, mummy, lighten up. And it was Cher and Joan Rivers who said, if you're not parodied, then you haven't made it. If someone hasn't taken your stuff, or you as a person, or as an icon or an entity, and made fun of it, then you haven't made it. And so that's what I wanted to say tonight at the beginning was, is these comedians, these comedians that we all love, and at the same time, some people fear, you know? That's, that's just part of it. That's part of, that's part of the shtick. Someone like Chelsea Handler, who is hilarious to me, but I'm sure she's, she's pissed quite a few people off. But I didn't want to start the show off tonight on that foot. And so here we are. It's Sunday night. You know what I always love is when the Avengers films, and yes, isn't, it, isn't that funny? The Endgame, so Avengers Endgame came out four years ago this month. 2018 and then three years ago 2019 hard to believe Endgame comes out so you've got Infinity War and Endgame both very iconic bookend films and it's so funny is that now they're both on they're playing on TV usually a film you know you gotta wait years for a film to debut on television. I'm trying to remember. if ti- I think Titanic premiered, was it in 1999 or 2000? And it premiered on NBC. And I remember because that was a big deal back then was this Oscar-winning film was going to make its debut on TV. It came out in 97, premiered in 2000 on television. I remember because my grand- grandparents watched it. They didn't go to the movies and, and watch it, but or no, actually, I think we lent it to them. I don't remember. Usually, I would remember, but in this instance, I don't. And um, it's funny because now you look at films; they're on TV, like that. It's quick, or they're streaming. It's it's uber quick. Okay, 
and how fast things are in terms of the technology and in terms of the art form. Sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing. Just ask Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston in the late 90s said she felt old because it was about getting, fa getting it fast. The industry was different. And then CDs, remember we saw, I still buy CDs every now and then. But now it's all digital, it's streaming. Sometimes people want the song more than they do the album. I want the album, but that's just me. The same with films, we stream them. Now, yeah, there's, there. you know, the fact that West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg version, is on Disney Plus, didn't want his films to stream because he figured everyone's going to watch them on a small screen and he said I don't make my films for like a, a smartphone screen well that's how people are watching their media whether it's on a smart or smartphone screen or a tablet do you know the first movie I ever watched on my iPhone and I can tell you and it was Avengers, the first Avengers movie in 2012. And then it wasn't until later I watched it on a bigger screen. Yeah, you gotta watch it at least on a tablet. The phone, that's a different story. I can understand why people put movies on their phones if you're out glamping or camping. My family, we glamped, we, we stayed in a trailer, you know, we didn't stay in the, in the tent. I wanted to stay in the tent because it was hot. And that's the other thing is <laughs> global warming does exist. Just want to throw that out there for the naysayers. But here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I always talk about the art form. I talk about the art form. I talk about the, the uh, evolution of the art form. I remember, and I think many others do, raise your hand if you do, in the 2000s. Remember when, when Metallica got pissed at Napster? And then other people weren't so much pissed. They were like, oh, okay, I'll fuck with that. Where Metallica, Lars Ulrich in particular, was pissed. He was pissed. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a revolutionary moment, and I remember that, is that you could get a song for free. Yep. Well, technically, no. If you paid for the computer, and you paid for the internet service so you you are well yeah see there's 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 that it, it's that it's along the lines of a really great professor that i know his name is um rick swanson and he said there is no such thing as a free lunch and one time i said that when i was working uh for uh my alma mater and the student kept fighting me on it oh yes there is i came in this i my friend brought me here so i didn't pay a thing and i said did your friend pay for gas yeah and did you pay for it? Yeah. Then it's not a free lunch. Oh, but yeah. And they just kept arguing, 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 arguing. It's like, okay, maybe they should be a lawyer for the sake of arguing. But back to what I was saying. Yeah, I understand now the copyright situation, where Lars Ulbrich was coming from. They've, you know, you compose this music and it costs money to compose music. Just like all those people work on a film and and that's I wasn't really big on downloading films for free I really wasn't now other things for free yes but 
with films because I understand it takes a village to make a film. And yes, uh, if you want to stream it at home, great. But if you don't want to go to the theater, then wait. Don't bootleg it. I know a lot of people like to bootleg it, but there's a lot of people that worked on that production. Now, if it's if it's a if it's a hard to find film, an independent film, and you and you can't find it on eBay, okay, there's there's that loophole right there. But when it comes to something where everyone worked on the film, that's important because that does belong to someone. That is intellectual property and the copyright. That's that's often why I don't play music on here. I will play film clips. And I, and I will cite them because, you know, everyone knows, okay, this is from, and I try not to have the music in there. If it's, maybe if it's Beethoven, that's a different thing. Okay. I think classical music has a different way of presenting itself. Because if you remember, they used to always put classical music in Bugs Bunny cartoons. And I remember my late professor would always talk about that. And I don't think the, uh, the, the, I don't know if there was copyright for those composers, for people like Beethoven and Chopin and, and Mozart. It was a different time. But I will say, and I never said this to my professor, oh yeah, there's a lot of Beethoven and Clockwork Orange. I'm not going to say that. Because I do, I, do, I, I do have respect for my professors, and I'm not going to mess with them like that. Just to get a rise out of them. I, that's not my goal. Now the audience... I think what Clockwork Orange was designed to do was to show us, well, this is a really crazy future. And a lot of it kind of is relevant today, if you look at it. That film was supposed to take place in 1995, and it was made in 1970, 1971. Same year The Devils came out. Very legendary film. And so when I talk about these films, and when I talk about the art form, what the art form means to me as a person, whether it's music, whether it's film. I, I love finding a treasure like that. I, I like to go antiquing and looking for old films and looking for old music. And I went to this bookstore in the California foothills, Amador County, Jackson and Sutter Creek. And I, you know, I go to my esoteric shop and I get my stuff. And then I go to Jackson this little town and I went to this old bookstore and they had these really great books I'm looking at the books and then they had like kind of like a Sherlock Holmes thing that you can sign up for so yeah and then in, in the back room they had all these these this vinyl now I'm not really I don't buy a lot of vinyl but that was interesting right there and, and a lot of CDs and even 8-tracks now my parents used to have an 8-track attached to the stereo that had the vinyl and the tape recorder and and the radio because we would play musical chairs so I knew how to work that radio at a really young age and so that's what I like I like that I can go into a library or not a library it was a bookstore a bookstore where all of this has been preserved for us and to enjoy it and to bring it back and uh, yeah that's 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 what I really love I love that this exists for us to enjoy and then if someone wants to sell it back because there's a lot of used books used music 
and give it give it another home and that's essential and so that's what i love i love going to places like that i found some a baseball book and i found it for my nephew and the witches for my niece that's such a great book and such a great movie the angelica houston movie really is the best uh uh there were bits and pieces of the remake that i enjoyed but that was that was kind of terrifying i thought whoa i you know anne hathaway did a really great job uh octavia spencer and chris rock as the voice of uh the mouse at some point yeah gotta throw chris rock in there chris, you know what uh, i'm all uh, chris recently said that he will not talk about what happened unless he gets paid and i that really is, that, that's his story to tell. That's his story to tell as much as it is Will Smith's story to tell. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a joint Oprah event extravaganza. That would be strange. And and at the same time, I could see her doing something like that, where, you know, you want to bring these two people together and talk about this, this, this incident. That should have never happened. Yeah, it, it's pretty good for ratings, uh, for the producers and their ratings, and and thinking very selfish, selfishly. But it's not good for the audience because then the audience is confused, and then there are those who may want more. It's like, oh, the Oscars are really predictable at times, and boring, and there was no surprise, and instead. That was the biggest surprise of the night. The most awkward surprise of the night. And so I don't wish that upon people. I don't wish that upon them to have to deal with that. To have to bear witness to... That's a, that is a cringe-worthy moment. And so with film... That's, that's why we some of us watch the Oscars. That's an industry event. And, and it get to learn about other films you know I talked very passionately about Drive My Car Belfast, Coda what else uh, see there. Uh, even though I was not fond of The Power of the Dog I will say it, it was filmed beautifully beautiful cinematography that's nerd in me, Dune I really enjoyed Dune, it's like okay when's the sequel coming? sequel coming see there are certain films where the, that don't need sequels like the Goonies and then there's films like Dune where it's already it's inevitable in terms of how it ends and how it begins okay, okay there there needs to be a, a second and a third film for it so there's a time and a place for that and I love having these conversations sometimes where we just talk talk I don't have to pick a particular film because I don't want to become like, you know, oh my God, he's going to talk about this tonight. Like, like I don't want you all to think I'm Siskel and Eber because I know I'm not. First of all, I am not critiquing the film. I'm not giving, oh, I didn't like it. I'm just telling you how it made me feel. There's a difference by critique, critiquing and saying, hey, this really changed my outlook of life. And yeah, so there, there, is, there is a difference. I've said this time and time again. When I watched The Seventh Seal, that did change my outlook on film. It changed my total outlook 
because I thought, okay, this this is what it's about. This is what it's about. That narrative, that the way it was shot, the storyline, the look and feel, because it had a feel to it. I'd never seen another film like it. And like I said before, and, and I'm, I'm very honest, I was weary to watch an Igmar Bergman film because I heard that they were all really depressing. And... But at the same time, I didn't find it depressing at all. It was a moving piece of art. I thought, okay, this is something that I've never seen before. It's in Swedish. It is the film that really brought Igmar Bergman into the forefront. Igmar Bergman had been a filmmaker for a very, very long time before he put out The Seventh Seal. The Seventh Seal has been copied and parodied so many times out of all his films. And yeah, some people would feel, well, this one is the better film. But for me, the fact that that, that film has been parodied so many times, that is, like I said, it's like comedians. When a comedian parodies you, that means you've made it. That means that you've hit your legendary stride. You're, you're there. You've made it. And the same could be said for The Seventh Seal. The fact that people parody it and try to copy it and, or make films from it or documentaries, that really is the, the vibe of The Seventh Seal. That's why it's such a legendary film, and that, that's those are those are pieces of art to me. Films like The Seventh Seal, or certain bands like Black Sabbath, who are very legendary, or blues musicians like Buddy Guy and, and Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. There is a vibe to it, and it's a beautiful vibe. And it moves us, and it and it change. You know, I love what Carlos Santana once said about music. He says, "Behold, music changes your molecular structure," which is true. It changes your molecular structure. It makes your hair stand up, and you are one with it. Whether you like it or not, you are one with it. The same with a really good film. You are one with that film. And so I, I can't stress that enough here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast when I talk about these works of art and how much I love them and how iconic they are it, it really is it's, it's magical it's magical to be able to talk about films and then to be able to talk about our love of films with other people and podcasters like Jason Elmy. Jason Elmy has an extensive film collection extensive and I am in awe of him and I and th I've told him that when we meet up I want to see I want to do three episodes two hours each of his entire collection or as much as we can we can capture in in that aspect in that moment you know what I mean so yeah it's um that, that's my goal right there. And, and to have some fun and maybe have some edibles and, you know, really record. I'd, I'd record, well, no. And then I'd have to let him do the recording. <laughs> hey, he's got the voice. He's got the vibe. 
He's got the equipment. Hey, serve it up. Serve it up. So that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And that's the other thing I learned about from Jason was to do a longer show. Because sometimes I would do these 10-minute shows and it's like a quickie. And I don't want to... I want to serve you up some quality time. Some commute time. Because we all, we all have that commute time. The commute time varies from state to state, from place to place. In California, some of us commute probably 30 miles to work. Some of us commute 10 miles. It varies. I, I have many friends who commute to the Bay Area or to Sacramento. And like I said, the, the commute time varies in that aspect. And so here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I serve it up. I serve it up because I am, I am totally aware my audience has a commute time, okay? They have a commute time. It's here. It's there. It's everywhere, yeah? It's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast here on Sunday night. And so, as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>